Hello, everyone, and welcome into episode 41 of the Stomp the Bus Show. I'm your host, Mark Harris, coming at you solo again this week since uh, Colton is getting ready for his wedding. So it uh, should be probably within the next two episodes. Uh, he'll be back. You know, he's got his honeymoon, and so uh, obviously more important things with him going on right now. But for ASU, um, nothing really, not, not a whole bunch of concrete stuff has happened in uh, Sun Devil World in, in the last uh, two weeks since I last recorded. Um, but we'll we'll get to some stuff that did happen and uh, honestly, some dive into some conference realignment rumors that could see ASU and U of A uh, maybe not even playing in the same conference in the coming years. And just how weird that would be, uh, what uh, other examples of, uh, you know, rival schools in different conferences around the country, uh, it would just be completely unprecedented if it did happen. And we'll get into that. But first, I want to get into more some newsy stuff. Uh, the biggest thing that did uh, happen to ASU sports, I guess, in the past two weeks is the baseball team getting snubbed from the NCAA tournament. Uh, obviously, the I don't know. I think it's the second round of the playoffs is happening this upcoming weekend. ASU won't be involved. Uh, pretty sure U of A isn't involved. And that's that's one of the teams that got in over ASU. Um you know, look, U of A beat them 20 to nothing um, in the fourth regular season matchup of the year. And then they beat ASU in the first game in the Pac-12 tournament. So they do deserve that recognition. But U of A finished with a worse overall record. ASU finished the season 32 and 23, U of A 33 and 26. So nine games above 500 versus seven. Uh, ASU went 16 and 13 in the Pac-12. U of A went 12 and 18. And then ASU won the season series because ASU swept them earlier in the season. So I don't, I mean, it just doesn't really make sense how they didn't get in. Um, there was a lot of bad choices made by the uh AS, the baseball committee. Um, they didn't let USC in. USC got screwed worse than even ASU did. Okay. And I do not like USC, but it's true. Uh, USC, guess what? They had a better conference record and overall record than both Arizona schools. And USC swept Arizona State late in the year. I don't know how they did against U of A, but they did better in conference overall. So USC got screwed, screwed. Kansas State got screwed. Um, you know, I think with the baseball tournament, there's just way less attention <laughs> given to it. Uh, the selection process compared to the NCAA basketball tournament, where there's, you know, Sports radio freaks out about it the next two days, and then we move on. But that's uh, just how it is. It also didn't help that there were two uh, bid stealers in the lower levels. Uh, I, th- I think Charlotte was one of them, and I'm pretty sure Tulane was the other, but I can't remember, and really it doesn't matter. Uh, but overall, in the end, ASU left out. But... Uh, I'm glad I mentioned in the, my previous video that I'm so happy with what this t- team did. Um, and going to the NCAA tournament and most likely losing in the first round doesn't really change, you know, the whole picture for me. I still think they have good momentum going forward. Uh, Bloomquist is a good coach. You know, I mean, they played to about, you know, what their talent was this year. So and maybe a little bit above that. So, uh, 
overall, I think the program took a good step and they were good enough to be in the NCAA tournament. I think that's fair to say. Uh, probably if the bid steal, I think they were listed as the last team out. So they're the first team out. So if one of those bid stealers doesn't happen, they probably do get in, but oh well. Looking good for the future regardless. Uh, also, this was about a week ago. The first few uh, kickoff times were announced for ASU football. So we don't have any for the conference season just yet. But first three games have all been announced. They are all night games, which some like that better than others. But in the in Arizona in September, I think it's wise to have them all at night. So uh, first game, August 31st, Thursday, uh, Southern Utah, 7 p.m. kickoff in Sun Devil Stadium. That'll be broadcast on the Pac-12 network. Fine by me. I'm personally happy this game is on a Thursday because then as an ASU fan, you can watch that game. And then on, you know, the Friday and the Saturday, and I think they have Sunday games this year too, you can just fully dive into all the rest of college football, knowing that ASU most likely beat up on an FCS team. Then in week two, Oklahoma State comes to town, kick off at 7.30 p.m. That'll be on FS1. Seems about right. Uh, I'm excited for that game. They have it as a blackout. I think this, this could be the first real moment for Kenny Dillingham's team to like – put themselves on the map. Like if, let's say if, if ASU wins that game, let's say they win that game by like 14 points or more. Could you be ranked? I don't know. Maybe, probably not. Probably not. I don't think that Oklahoma state is, uh, you know, going to be regarded super highly, but it would be a very good start to the season. And then uh, the following Saturday, you get a group of five team, but it's Fresno state. They're pretty good. They probably won't be as good as they were last year with Jake Hayner, but Jeff Tedford's still there. That's a good group of five team that can beat you. And uh, that kicks off 7.30 p.m. Saturday, September 16th. That will also be on FS1. So, um, you know, I think that's a good – that's a good, you know, beginning stretch to the season uh, for Kenny Dillingham. He will – obviously be the most inexperienced coach in those games with, uh, you know, Mike Gundy and Jeff Tedward on the opposite sideline. But uh, uh, th th those look really fun. And I do think the Fresno state game is very tricky, especially if you do, if you come off an emotional win over Oklahoma state that, <laughs> that uh, that's a trap game waiting to happen, you know, at least in my opinion. Um and this this will be an interesting test for Dillingham because there is a there is a I could see three and zero I could see two and one and I could see one and two um, I I don't think they're going to lose to an FCS team if the last year's team didn't do it I don't think this year's team would uh, but Oklahoma State and Fresno State those are both I think those are both winnable games but they're also losable games and obviously you know that sounds kind of dumb but like the following game they host usc i don't really think that's a winnable game i think that's the usc game you're hoping i would be very happy if it was if, if it was a game where like asu was like down it was like one of those games where the usc is leading by about like 10 points for a good chunk of the game but they it never it never feels like asu is totally out of it and asu ends up losing 
49 to 39 or something. I think that would be a good, like, okay, like we're not as good as USC. That's fine. But we can, we, we made them sweat. We made them, we made their fans think this, this could be a loss for a second, you know? And then after that, you're at Cal and you host Colorado. Um, those as an ASU, you know, as an ASU fan, you don't want to lose either of those games, uh, depending on Colorado just totally being awesome. With Dion, we'll see. Uh, so anyway, first three games, all night games, all at home. I think this this is a good. I think if you're Kenny Dillingham, you can't be upset with that at all. And obviously the this the the opponents were known already, but just uh, finally getting it known that yeah, we're gonna they're gonna be on night games. Um, no streaming either, which. You know, I'd be fine with streaming. I don't really care, but, uh, you know, a lot of people would rather it just be on FS1. So that's good, especially for the uh, Fresno State. You know, you never know with the group of five and just how all the games are being divvied up between the regular TV uh, stations and then the streamers. It's, um, you know, it's becoming harder and harder to find where your team's games are. I mean, Oregon, uh, not Oregon, uh, Michigan State and Washington are going to be playing on Peacock in week three. So, like, it's changing world out there. Very changing uh, in the TV sports media rights sphere, which we're going to get to uh, tangentially after I have a little sip of water because I'm battling a cold and I don't want to cough a bunch while I'm doing this podcast. All right. Anyway, um, if you are watching this channel, you are uh, almost certainly also paying attention to the ongoing Pac-12 media deal uh, saga, quest to get a deal done, whatever phrase you want to use to describe it. Uh, It's still going on. And in light of all that, Arizona's president, um, I forget what he was speaking at. I think it was some like NIL summit on the East Coast, but it doesn't really matter uh, where he was because he he gave some quotes about ASU and U of A in a realignment scenario. This is from Pete Thamel on Twitter, quote, we don't have to do the same thing. But President Crow and I are very, very tight. I think it would be unlikely that we'd split up right now with 10 schools. Uh, we control a nice 20% of solidarity. Solidarity. Following tweet, he adds that he does have the autonomy to move without ASU. So he also goes on to say uh, on a Pac-12 deal, we'll get there when we get there. I think it's going to be soon. Kind of the same thing you've heard from President. It's going to be soon. It's coming. You know, whatever. He also adds, quote, I'm not anxious about this. I know it's important. I have full confidence we're going to get where we need to be. Said he's cautiously optimistic. Also, uh, another quote, we're not going to get a Big Ten deal or an SEC deal. If we win a bronze medal, I think we'll declare victory and move on. Um, So they're hoping to get the third best third best number of any of the conferences out there. We'll see how that goes if it even happens. Uh, And one reason it might not happen is if schools leave or if the TV deal, the final TV deal, a media rights deal that they get 
isn't uh, good enough money wise. And, but that, but does that mean all the schools, you know, all the four corner schools will lead together, uh, how UW and Washington will react. And it's, I don't want to say likely, but it's looking more and more likely that there is a real chance that ASU and U of A could be split, split up, split up into different conferences via conference realignment. And so it, if it seems like there's a lot more buzz um, about Arizona going to the Big 12 than there is Arizona State. Arizona State has hasn't really budged in the uh, statements, uh, the PR. There hasn't been there hasn't been a little side comment of, and we'll do what's best for the school, or we'll see how things shake out, or whatever. It's been we're committed to the Pac-12 as one of the ten. Yeah, it's one of the 10 remaining schools. Uh, Ray Anderson recently said that on the Speak of the Devils podcast. Any statement from Ray Anderson or Michael Crow has been, we're committed to the Pac-12. We want to get this deal done. Um, and we are believe we can move forward with the conference and yada, yada, yada. Arizona's been mostly that, but there's been a little bit more of, um, we'll see what we need to do. Robert Robbins wasn't exactly he was he a lot of these were not committal statements. If you go look up on, on uh, Pete Thamel's Twitter feed, and you know if they do leave, then he'll have these statements saying, "Oh, you know we we thought the deal was going to get done, and so we didn't say that we're a hundred percent not that we're a hundred percent going to go." Or basically speaking in um, generalities, not fully committal language that won't get them, you know, possibly sued later on. And of course these school presidents are mindful of that. Um, so that's why when you, you can't always just believe on face value, these uh, public statements that are coming from uh, school presidents and high ranking officials, because, you know, sometimes there's a, a different message they're trying to send and other times they're just trying to say some stuff to get people to, get off their case for a little bit because maybe they don't even have an answer of what's going on, um, which a lot of times it feels like the PAC 12 has been in that situation. And so if Arizona, you know, obviously the big 12 is going to have a better men's basketball product than the PAC 12. That's almost, you know, there's no real um, argument there. And because Arizona is a basketball school, um, they have been rumored along with Colorado, but who, you know, has some sense to join the, there's reason for them to join the big 12. They've been there before offers more security than what many think the PAC 12 may or may not have. Um, it would just, it would just get them. They would, it would take them out of this whole mess. You know, they're just in the big 12 and that conference is stable because it looks like there aren't really, you know, the big 10 and sec aren't really going after those teams or there's not rumors of them going after those teams. So Going back to the Big 12 offers stability. There's familiarity there because they play, you know, they've played Oklahoma State a bunch before. They've played Kansas. They've played Kansas State, Iowa State, uh, Baylor, Texas Tech before. And so it's not some, it's not like totally, you know, jumping in to a completely foreign conference. Arizona, it seems like it's, if you ask most Arizona fans, they want to go to the Big 12, uh, mainly due to basketball. Their school president, you know, wasn't fully 
committal to it, but he wasn't fully like um, uncommittal to. He, he he left it open both ways. I'll put it that way. Um, even though his quote is, my prediction is that we're all going to stay together as the Pac-12. So there's definitely less smoke around Arizona going, you know, as of June 8th than there is Colorado. It seems like Colorado is really generating most of the buzz right now. And weirdly, UConn is as well. And this little side tangent away from ASU, Arizona, potentially different being in different conferences, but I just don't, I don't understand the logic of the big 12 adding UConn because it's looking, it's, you know, based on some reports, like they would have to add them as a full member. And that means adding UConn football to your power five football conference. I mean, that, I don't know about that. You know, that's, that could really, really screw up your brand. I mean, that could really mess up your branding as a um, a football conference because there's a reality. You just have a, some bottom feeding programs in the Big Twelve, and I know Kansas uh, was good last year, and I know Iowa State's been good with Campbell, and West Virginia has been good. Uh, you know, they've been good before, but a lot of those schools have not like they have low they have low floors, you know, they can be bad and it's not, it's not super surprising. Like if Oklahoma state all of a sudden went like two and 10, two years from now, people would be surprised about that. If even with Baylor where they're at uh, BYU even, but with a lot of these schools and, you know, look, you have some group of five schools joining the league too. So anyway, you add UConn. I just think it's one more potential, just a very bad, program in your league and I, I i understand that they just you know they're a great basketball school and, and i get what your mark's idea is of nailing down being the best basketball conference but if you you can just their football program has to be better in my opinion to make it worthwhile um you know if they had uh, what's a group of five school i could sub in if they have if they were like just if they were like App State's football program or because the thing is they went six and six last year and that was considered to be like, oh, their programs, you know, on the up and up, they went six and six playing a group of five schedule. It's like, okay, that's for one, that shows you how low the bar has been there. Uh, They don't have an on-campus stadium, by the way. And, you know, it, they've just been so bad first you know this whole past decade and so i can you know there's report of an ad in the big 12 not wanting that or you know being worried about adding uconn and i get it so anyway end of that tangent uh regardless when you add it all up it's looking like where you know there were some reporting and some of the rumors are is that the big 12 may just add Colorado and Arizona like there's a reality where schools leave the back 12 but it's not all of the four corner schools it's just Colorado and Arizona because Utah doesn't want to leave I think Utah doesn't want to leave more than Arizona State it, it seems like you know they've had their athletic director was like uh like dunked on someone on Twitter that was this was like a few months ago of them like spreading oh Utah's going to come to the big 12 rumors and stuff so like they really don't want to 
join the Big 12 because they don't want to be with BYU. Um, and I don't know the, all the dynamics of that rivalry. I know that uh, Utah left BYU to join the Pac-12, you know, 12 years ago. So I, I know that, but there, there's a lot of, you know, that's a real, there's, a, there's some real hatred in that rivalry. And both of those fan bases have uh, strong Twitter fingers um, and BYU, or not BYU, uh, Utah fans have made it very clear on social media that they don't, they don't want to join the big 12 and they're hoping the PAC 12 survives. And it seems like ASU, it seems like the fan base is a little, I don't know. It's very, very half and half um, on that front. <laughs> but the sports administration has been basically clear that we want to stay with the Pac-12 and we are confident the deal will get done and all this. And, you know, they could very much just go with Arizona to the Big 12, the Pac-12 collapses too. And they were just saying that just to say it, you know, you have to, like I said, you have to take all of these public comments with a grain of salt. But we also have to remember that Michael Crow is the ultimate Pac-12 truther, uh, for better or for worse, mostly worse. <laughs> Because there's part of me as a fan that just kind of wants, because I want the Pac-12 to survive. I really do. Uh, I think it can. And I think, especially if Oregon and Washington don't leave for the Big Ten. But I do understand that things may happen and ASU might have to leave. And I don't want ASU to just stick around in the Pac-12 if it's just, you know, like them in Utah and Oregon State, Washington State and the Bay Area School. Like, no, just go to the Big 12 and deal with it you know but Michael Crow it, it seems like he is wanting to hold on to the very last minute because he is he is the ultimate like Pac-12 sports brain guy where men's golf matter a men a championship in men's golf matters the same as a championship in football or you know that type of mindset um that you know most fans just don't prioritize and don't agree with so it's just different priorities from the from the school president um and therefore i don't even want to say the athletic director because i think ray does want to win in the main sports um i don't i don't think you would hire herm edwards honestly like that was such an out-of-the-box move it was so unconventional that it makes me think that he really, you know, Ray Anderson really thought it would work and it would win. And, you know, he said we wanted to be a top 15 team in the nation every year, top three in the Pac-12. And at Herm Edwards' opening press conference, he said that, and therefore we're going to hire, you know, Herm Edwards to make that, to make that happen. And, I, you know, I still can't believe that decision was made. Um, it just – Obviously, it, it wasn't going to fully work out. I don't even want to get into that right now. But um, I do think Ray Anderson is competitive, but he's just been misguided with some things. But um, anyway, Michael Crow, like he is the, like I said, he's the ultimate Pac-12 guy. He was the one who basically like vouched for Larry Scott till the bitter end. And uh, that's why I'm not like fully, you know, trustworthy of him in this whole process. But 
I think it's just important to have that in the back of your mind when you see all like you see a report of ASU is going to go to the Big 12 with Utah. It's like ASU and Utah are the two least uh, rumored, or not rumored, but from their end, they, they want the Big 12 less than the Big 12 wants that. And I think that's true for both Colorado and Arizona too, but I just think that Colorado's it seems like they're warming up to it a little bit more and Arizona's fan base definitely wants to go to the big 12 uh, and some of their media do too. And so what, what would it look like if it actually did happen? Let's just, let's just say Oregon and Washington stay in the PAC 12 uh, along with Arizona state and Utah. And then the four other PAC 12 North teams, and maybe you add some other teams. Let's say there is a Pac X conference that survives with Oregon, Washington, Arizona State, and Utah. And then Colorado and Arizona still bolt to the Big 12. So what for one, it wouldn't be completely, it wouldn't be unprecedented at all. As much as it would feel, you know, in Arizona, obviously would be a total, you know, shock to the sports system of having those schools that have been, you know, in the same conference basically for their entire history and have been rivals for their entire history, be in separate conferences. But I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm just going to do this off the top of my head. Cal, UCLA, get same, you know, Regent system. They are, will be in separate conferences. Uh, Clemson, ACC, South Carolina, SEC. Kentucky, SEC, ACC has Louisville. Um, Oklahoma State, Big 12, Oklahoma, SEC. Texas, in Texas Tech, SEC, Texas Tech, Big 12. Um, Ohio State is – this is a little different because Ohio State and Cincinnati aren't, like, exactly huge rivals. Like, there's probably more of a rival on the Cincinnati end. Uh, but they are, you know, public universities in Ohio, and they are in separate conferences, and it's been that way for a while. And there's more examples out there, but it's not – completely like it would be weird like especially on the west coast where there's just less conferences because there's less peoples you know less population density all these teams have been in the pac 12 or you know the mountain west or whatever so it would be a little more jarring but you it's not it's it's gotten to the point where it's not like some crazy suggestion you know and I think in football, all it really changes, all it really changes is like the date of when the territorial cup is played. You know, it, it, it may be much more difficult to have the territorial cup on the last weekend of November or the last, you know, Friday, whenever they have it. But maybe you just have it the third week of the the season and you get it out of the way before conference play. You know, that's what Another state example, Iowa, Iowa State. This is the I mean, this may be the most famous because it's been the longest. Iowa State's been in the Big Eight, Big Twelve, forever, and Iowa's been in the Big Ten. And there's still a state rivalry, and they still play. So it can be done. I just it, it would take away from some of the like end of the year, like we build up to the rivalry game type of deal. But I I, I think it could be done in you know, the third, third weekend of September and it wouldn't be the end of the world. It would just change things. And in all reality, if I don't know if like ASU is in the PAC 12 and 
uh, U of A's in the big 12 and U of A goes, you know, maybe they're only there for like five years earlier than ASU. And so it'll just have a few September results. If you're looking at the Wikipedia page down the road of ASU sweeps, you know, no. ASU wins the territorial cup this year. And in September 16th and the next year it was U of A on September 15th and yada, yada. And then maybe the schools end up in the same conference down the road and they just played at the end of the year. Um, this is a little bit more interesting for basketball. I, Oh, I, I do want to, there's one more talking. I heard that people would be like, Oh, it could take away any, you know, if you don't play the territorial cup football game at the end of the year, it could take away, you know, who's, who's in line to win the PAC 12 South. It, it, all, it, could, it could take away, you know, meaningful games at the end of the year. And I just, We've seen enough of these, you know, of these ASU U of A football games at the end of the year that it is more than likely not a case where both teams are fighting for the same thing. You know, there's only one example I can think of in my head, and that's the 2014 Territorial Cup, which was for the Pac-12 South. Like, if that happened more often, then sure, yeah, that would be great if we had – um. Well, then it would be, I'm sorry, it wouldn't be great. It would be much worse to have that game played, you know, in September. But it's almost always, I feel like it's mostly, you know, last year it was two below 500 teams that played. A lot of years it's been ASU's fighting to get from six and five to seven and five, and U of A is trying to get from three and eight to four and eight, or the other way around, or, it's, you know, a six and five U of A team playing an eight and three Arizona state team. And one team goes eight and four, one team goes seven and five. Or my point is it has, it's usually like, usually the biggest stakes is someone's playing for bowl eligibility. <laughs> six and five Arizona state's playing a four and seven U of A team. And, you know, those aren't the most exciting games outside of Arizona. And so, I just don't buy this. Oh, it'll take away all these great games down the road with all the stakes. It's like, yeah, there haven't really been stakes in these games anyway. So what's the difference between playing it in September and late November? That's, that's how I look at it. But I think the biggest adjustment would be from basketball um, because it probably, it means, you know, obviously not two games and there could be years where they just don't play, you know, especially if ASU enters a real downturn in basketball, which is always capable of happening at ASU. And so that, again, that's goes into my defensive Bobby Hurley, because at least he gives you a floor that isn't always there at ASU basketball. Anyway, let's say they're really in a downstretch and they just have a few Hurley leaves. Let's say like five years now, Hurley's not there. They've had just some bad coaching hires. They're just a bad program. They're like what Cal basketball was or what Oregon state basketball has been. U of A is just not going to play Arizona State because what's the point? Like they, they'll, they're always going to be good and they're always going to be, you know, looking to buff up their um, non-conference schedule. And maybe, maybe saying they won't play is a little too uh, reactionary, fearmonger e. But it's possible. I mean, they don't have to play, you know. And I get that it would only have to be one game, but if there becomes such a huge discrepancy in the quality of the basketball pro programs, then it becomes on the table of U of A just saying, you know what, like we don't have to play them. We're not in the same conference. We don't, we also don't know like if they were to switch conferences, what, how the, uh, 
feelings between the schools would be, you know, so just something to think about as, as we continue to wait for the PAC 12 media deal that has been going on since, I don't know, basically almost a year now, I guess, if you think about it, since U of, uh, USC and UCLA la left late June of 2022, and now we're on, you know, early June of 2023. So it's been dragging on for a while and the security doesn't seem to be there. So you can see why schools are, you know, doing their due diligence, making sure they have, you know, some place to land. I'm sure ASU has done the same, but it just, it does seem like ASU is less receptive of going to the Big 12 than U of A, and therefore there's a chance that they could be playing in different conferences. And it would, you know, it would be sad just in, in terms of the whole, like, for me, it would be more sad in terms of what it's shown about college sports as a whole than actually losing in-conference games between U of A. And that's just me. But because we're they, they would still play the football territorial cup, you know. So that that makes it to me, that makes it less of a gash, I guess. But for a lot of fans, I mean, I'm just speaking for myself, for a lot of fans, it would be much, much worse, especially you know, more traditional college sports fans who the rivalry is so important. Um, it would be really bad. And so, and, you know, for me, it's just, it, it, it also shows where the college sports landscape is and the fact that these things happen at all, you know, I mean, ask an Oklahoma state fan or Texas tech fan or whoever, you know, it's just, it's never breaking up uh, with this, you know, in-state school, however it happens. It's, usually not because great things are happening around. So it's, it's crazy that we're at this point. I still think the pact will probably, you know, probably survive, but it may not be, we just don't know. We just don't know, including myself. So I, I'm really not, wouldn't be surprised if they both stayed together in the pac 12, both moved together to the big 12 or there was a split. So crazy times out there. And I'm sure, you know, I, I'm, I was about to say, I'm sure by the time if we have a next episode, we'll have more information on this, but I've said that for about the last few months and all, seemingly nothing has changed. So here we are. All right. Well, that concludes episode 41. Thank you for stopping by and uh, listening, consuming, watching on YouTube, uh, putting up with my nasally voice today. And yeah, um, please like, rate, review, subscribe on youtube and thank you for watching and as always go devils